check out beacons.ai slash comics fun profit for all the C4 FAP links you could ever need all in one place. You can provide feedback, listen, support, share, enjoy these. We have our Patreon there. You can buy us a beer or a coffee. You can check out our Instagrams, our Twitters, our Facebooks. Check out our YouTube page. You can email us. You can listen to our podcasts on Patreon, if you're a subscriber, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Podbean. We have Google Podcasts on there. We have an Amazon wish list. You want to buy Kyle and I something? Fine. You can do that here. We appreciate it. We have Kyle's RPG podcast listed on there, so you can check out his Dork Day Afternoon offerings. We have Cowabunga's links, so you can check out the Cowabunga Deep Discount FOC and Pre-Order list. Get on that. That's RLCS, so you can check that out as well. And we want to just give you opportunities to say hi, to check out what we're doing, support us if you would like, or just listen. Check out beacons.ai slash comics fun profit for all the c4 fap links you could ever need thanks back to the show aloha it's jason from hawaii welcome to a special edition of the comics for fun and profit podcast in this episode i will be interviewing eisner winner comic book creator kel mcdonald they are here to promote their latest kickstarter murky water it is the fourth volume of the webcomic, The City Between. Now, when this interview goes up, the campaign is live and ends on March 28th. Kel, welcome to the Comic for Fun and Profit podcast. How are you doing today? We're doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you very much for reaching out to me. Um, yeah, so thank you very much. Now, listeners, I'm going to go over some of Kel's past and current works. They are an editor at Iron Circus Comics. They have won an Eisner for editing You Died, an anthology of the afterlife from Iron Circus Comics, and was an Eisner nominee for the Stone King. Now, this was, um, Kel, correct me if I'm wrong, this was first came out as a comicsology original, and then later was um, printed, um, um, then was, then, um, was printed through Dark Horse in 2022. Is that correct? Yeah. Now they have listed. Now they have written. Now listeners, you may know Kel's work from her web uh, from their their web comic Sorcery 101. Now these are now these are available in a almost like an 800 page omnibus format. Is it like two volumes? Yeah, it's two volumes that are 800 pages each. So, also, too, Kel has written cautionary fables and fairy tales. Of course, the city between stories, the the first three volumes, um, fame and misfortune, the better to find you with, and the dead deception. Also, she uh, they have written from through from now through Dark Horse. Misfits of Avalon and Buffy the High School Years. Kel, is there anything I missed or is there something you want to you want the listeners to like check out? That's uh, a pretty good um thing. Um the one th- just because um it frequently gets overlooked is I wrote and colored a comic called Stars Find Your Fire that came out through Iron Circus with uh, my buddy Jose Pimienta. 
um, been since that one is kind of the one that most people don't know about. So people mm -hmm. should go check that one out um, just to give it a little bump. No, that's no problem. And then where can they where can they find that? Um, um, so that one, because it's put out through Iron Circus, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's it's everywhere that you can get a book. Um, so um, you just have to find it online or request it at your local bookstore or comic book shop. Thank you very much. Now, listeners, again, I want to give Kel, you know, um, a shout out. You know, they sent me all four volumes of the city between. You know, and also too, be, and you know, so Kel, thank you very much. I, it's, yeah, we will, I, I'm going to hold off. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we begin the interview, I did get some of my information from the audio podcast Geek in the City, issue 724, titled Creator Kel McDonald. Now, that, now that just came out recently. That was dated on February 14th of 2024. Yep. If you get a chance, please check out that great interview. Yeah, it sounds like you had fun on that interview. Yeah, yeah. I did. I always like being on podcasts, so uh, uh -huh. I always have a fun time. Thank you very much. Um, Kel, promote your website, your social platform, uh, even promote your Twitch as well, too. So my main website is kelmcdonald.com, and I make sure everything's linked on there. Um, so if you forget all the others, just remember kelmcdonald.com. Um, I stream drawing on Twitch Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday nights. Um, so I'm usually penciling a city between page or something else. Um, uh, during that, and that's twitch.tv slash Kel McDonald. Um, usually it's me and a friend just having a casual conversation, like what we watched that week or read that week. Um, then um, I am, I don't really like social media all that much, but I have a Twitter and a Tumblr and a Blue Sky. Uh, on Twitter, I am Kelhound, which is spelled like Hellhound with a K. Um, Tumblr, I'm just Kel McDonald, and same with Blue Sky. Most places I'm on there is Kel McDonald, um, but I don't update them a lot. I um, actually have an assistant that posts my artwork on there, so I don't have to. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the main one is um, KelMcDonald.com. No, thank you very much. Now. Before we start talking about the murky water Kickstarter, I want to give Kel, um, I'm gonna, yeah, I want Kel to give us a background of the City Between series. So my first question is gonna be an obvious one. How did you come up with the series? So um, while working on the giant thing that is Sorcery 101, um, I, while I liked doing all the supernatural stuff, I realized the more mundane city stuff, uh, everyday stuff was not as interesting to me, partly because it wasn't different enough from our world. So the idea for the city between is, well, if the regular human stuff is also made up, then I will have just as much fun, like fiddling with it and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, I kept it, I'm keeping it episodic, um, partly because um, 
a lot of the stuff that I end up liking, I realize doesn't have a super overarching story, but it does like expand the world. Um, so like, yes. like I'm a big fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but actually my favorite thing connected to the Buffy the Vampire Slayer universe was an anthology, um, Tales of Slayers, which was just about Slayers who aren't Buffy. Mm -hmm. um and so i found that really interesting and then i'm a big fan of the book series discworld mm -hmm. which is also like the settings the same but you can read them in any order um mm -hmm. so it's kind of i um wanted to like structure a series sort of in that vein mm -hmm. um so that way um it's keeping me engaged even when i'm talking about non-supernatural stuff but also um it's easy for people to jump in and then jump out um yes uh, i mm -hmm. i do agree it's yes it is um now the city between series now please forgive me i've read all four volumes please forgive me you know, did you ever mention the city's name do, do you have uh, a name it's called city? uh matlaw uh, New Matlaw is the name of the city that they live in. Mm -hmm. um, and Matlaw is um, my hometown spelt backwards. Um, <laughs> oh! Uh, my hometown is uh, Waltham, Massachusetts. Um, and so when coming up with a city name, um, that backwards is uh, worked out. Oh, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Now, when you're creating this city and the world did you like have like a rough sketch of a map or anything or i don't have a map i have a vague idea of the shape yes um because i do know that it's on a bay because cities usually develop along water yes um and uh but other than that there isn't really a map i know like the important stuff is sort of in the center of the city yes. um and i know that they have um wind turbines kind of in the middle of the bay but mm -hmm. um i don't know like this character lives here which is this far from this place um mm -hmm. as i work on it i'll probably slowly figure out a map um mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't want to like commit to anything until it's actually in the story. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, so it's mostly I, the stuff that I did figure out for the city was, um, that every five stories, there's like an outdoor platform side raised sidewalk thing. Um, so I know like that's sort of the height in between the different, uh, elevated mm -hmm. sidewalks um and then um uh the pipes that the big pipes that are like the support beams for those sidewalks mm -hmm. um most of the plumbing for the city is through those pipes rather than um them being underground yes and um so it's more stuff like that rather than knowing this is where city hall is mm -hmm. and this is where yeah so mm -hmm um off the cuff question be um and i think it's gonna it's gonna tie a little bit to what i'm gonna ask is that um but let me actually let me go back to this question then 
So in dur well, during the Geek in the City interview, you you spoke briefly about how people buy groceries, and it seems very efficient, you know. Um, so it's basically one of the things about making the city different is um, I wanted to make it more left than our real world. Um, <laughs> so, um, and it's also there's some wish fulfillment things because I feel like sometimes with fiction, we get so caught up in dystopia that... Yes. Um, it's so it's like they have an easier time for the average citizen, but then you have to figure out the logistics of how that works. So in City Between World, um, they any ingredient for a meal um, is free, mm -hmm. but if something is already prepared, um, then you have to pay for it. So you're paying for the labor that went into making the meal rather than. Mm -hmm the actual produce and food. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I made that decision partly because wishful thinking, but also um, Connor, one of the characters in Murky Water, his husband is running for office. And so since his, his husband's a politician, I needed to know like, well, when people ask him political questions, what yes. can be some of the things that people talk about so with the ingredients are free, but prepared stuff is not, you get to like, obviously making, if you buy a box of cookies that are already made, mm -hmm. like you have to pay for those. But if mm -hmm. you got sugar and flour and um, whatnot, you can make cookies at home and that would all be free. But chocolate needs a lot of preparing mm -hmm. before you use it in baking. So um, and same and the same with bread and butter. Mm -hmm. um, so those are things that people wouldn't eat on their own, but yes. they so it's basically that one of their political like arguments or is which of those things that are technically an ingredient, but also had to be prepared like they can mm -hmm. are. So Connor's husband can get argued at about which ones he thinks should be free and which ones shouldn't. Um, and um, and then another thing to keep going into the like politics angle is, um, well, if all the produce is free, then that probably, that means that being a farmer is either a government job or a government contract job. Mm -hmm. They probably have a decent amount of political power because they need to keep the farms going and keeping everyone fed oh, yeah. um so connor's husband i do have like the start of what might become a story that, uh -huh. that involves connor's husband negotiating with like a farmer's union or association um uh so i can um so it's that's what i meant with like changing the world yes. lets me have fun being creative with the mundane <laughs> stuff too I have to say that is amazing. That is very good because to think, I mean, literally to think about all the little intricacies of it. And it's not just, okay, um, if people go out and buy, you know, the ingredients are free, like flour, sugar, it's free. You know, but you went into a little bit more details of, you know, you're looking at, um, the politics side of it. 
you're also looking at the socioeconomic side, like, okay, okay, so what about farmers? You know, how, what roles do they play in? And, and this is where it makes this, um, the story, this interconnecting story, the world feel very real. It, you know, it, um, and and also part of the structure of the city between is like other fantasy stories do have like the author has thought about those things but they're not important to the story so they never make it in but with the yes. city between because since they're short stories that i can jump around um obviously that thing i said about the farmers doesn't affect any of the stories that are out now but like i said i have the freedom to follow mm -hmm. a story that does focus on that mm -hmm. um so that was also part of the when designing the series that I can jump around like that. Because because when because, I read yeah, I'm just trying to think where is it? The Dead Deception and thank you for the advanced copy of Murky War because of when I read those two stories the thing I love about it is again it there's um and I, and I know you probably didn't it's not intentional on your part but I love it because you like I said that this world this these it feels like it's a world that's really lived in um and maybe I'm saying this wrong but it, it's almost like the um the little subtext of little things that they do or how you know how you know it, I, I don't know how to explain it but it just feels like you know, this is a real world and it's great. That's what I love about this series. You know, and again, you don't have to keep putting out, you know, um, newsflash, you know, um, farmers yeah. go on strike, you know, or something, but it just, but there's just a little details into it. And I, I'm going to hold off because I don't want to talk about it until we start talking about murky waters because I love the beginning scenes and that's great. Um, I'm going to ask, um, you know, did you do any research in like urban planning development or anything or just I um just listened to a lot of leftist YouTubers. Um yeah. so it's not necessarily seeking out research, it's more um just consuming stuff in the background. Uh, I listened to a lot of um videos like um not just bikes is one of them. Mm -hmm. Um philosophy tube. Um, mm -hmm. I listen to, uh, I catch Red Planet every week, um, which is about just what are good, um, what are things that you can do right now to help push leftist stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, um, more just, um, passively, um, absorbing YouTube content while working. So, yeah. Okay. All right, no, but thank you. Now I'm going to start talking a little bit more about. Oh, um, in your third volume, and like I said, I'm, I'm going blank on this. This dead deception, um, and we talked about this a little bit in the beginning of the um, interview. Is that you know um, sometimes I'll read that there's a dark text and then there's like um, a lighter tone text. May I ask, can you talk to, you know, describe to the listeners what is that about and 
So um, the because um, cities are ethnically diverse, um, mm -hmm. I didn't want it all to be one main ethnicity um, and having, uh, but it's not our world, so I can't use real world ethnicities. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, Maria is the granddaughter of an immigrant to a country that's more north of the main city's country. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, when she is speaking, uh, Murdican, which is um, the language that they s speak in the other country, is um, I changed the text color um, yeah. mm -hmm. to just so that way I didn't have to make up a made up language yeah mm -hmm. um and also because um it's easier to have that flow in a, a balloon if she's switching back and forth in a sentence than um doing the little brackets translated from mm -hmm. thing um and um also it's toned because if in the future I want to do a story where a character doesn't understand American but is listening to someone speak it, um, I can sort of do smudgy, scribbly letters to so that they know that someone is speaking that language, but they don't know what's getting said. So like mm -hmm. if um, Connor does not know American, but um, he mentions that he does know the word for werewolf and dog. So mm -hmm. like if that a conversation was from his point of view, it would be like squiggle, werewolf, squiggle, 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 like mm -hmm. um so. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. No, but oh, that's great. I I that's great that you did that. You know that you changed the color of the text because that's right. Because when I'm reading a story and and it's okay and it's okay if some creators they put in like um. If someone's speaking Japanese or, or, mm -hmm. or you, know, um, you know, or another language, and they put it in those characters, that's great. That's good for them. But sometimes reading the story and reading the, uh, I sometimes I get pulled out of it. But this mm -hmm. one, it's like, it's I like it because when Maria is talking to, um, it's uh, oh. Jorge, and then um, the lady whose apartment is broken into and the dead deception are the two people that she speaks American with. Yes. And I love it because it's great because I can still follow the conversation, you know, and, and what's being said. So, yeah. So thank you very much for explaining that part. Um, I'm, I want to talk a little bit about the supernatural part. Like, you know, did you have now this world has wolves has now fairies have been introduced in Fortune and misfortune. Fame and yeah, misfortune. And also, too, um, like, did you like have a Bible or something of how, um, you know, how they interact in the world, or just an idea? Yeah, of so how... I have um, notes. Um, I have notes that are all about the regular world, both the supernatural world and about character backstory, mm -hmm. um, and. But also a lot of it is kind of general ideas, um, like the werewolves take care of each other better than um, other supernatural creatures. Yes. 
because I'm a firm believer in werewolves are the proletariat of movie monsters. That's sort of my <laughs> joke um, explanation um, because uh, how human they're treated is conditional on um, what the, everyone else thinks of them um, and how they're behaving. Mm-hmm. And um, so also they have strength in numbers so they mm-hmm. do better when they work together. Um, and meanwhile, um, vampires are the 1%. And um, the fifth volume that's going up on my website now, Shards of Reflection, is all about a newbie vampire. And um, she is sort of left on her own yes. for the most part. Like there's mm-hmm. an older vampire that is checking in on her but he's not really helping her all that much. Whereas um, Connor is always giving advice to Jorge um, mm-hmm. in the dead deception and murky water and better to find you with Jeff actively seeks yes. out the newbie werewolf. Like he yes. saw signs that there was one. So he actively went looking for them mm-hmm. to help them out. Um, uh, Rebecca is criticized in Fame and Misfortune for yes. not like being active um, about helping a new werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's more of a support system for werewolves because they have more community. Um, whereas vampires, it's every vampire for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That is awesome. Um, off-the-cuff question actually a comment and off-the-cuff question rebecca jeff and connor they're werewolves um did you intentionally meet them their person because their their personalities are so different i mean Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say connor and jeff's personalities are so widely different um one was that and did you intentionally wanted to do that and two did you have fun doing that uh, I have a lot of fun writing Connor in particular because he's an asshole. Um, yes, <laughs> but um, his um, I like the dead deception when he Maria first meets him. He gives the everybody sucks but me speech. Yes, the best way to sum it up. Um, <laughs> and um, so uh, to go back to being inspired by Discworld, one of the things that I like about Discworld is whichever main character you're following kind of lets you know the type of story you're going to get in Discworld. So all of the Discworld books that focus on the character Rincewind are kind of a travel log of Discworld. Like they're all Rincewind goes to a new place mm-hmm. and then stuff happens. And then, yeah. and then the story's over. And then all the witch books are about like how stories are crafted and made. Um, and then all the death books are about like metaphysics and people, mm-hmm. the power of belief. And then all the watch books are more crime and political stuff. Mm-hmm. And so oh. I want to have, whenever Rebecca's the main character, you're going to get kind of the upper crust of yes. the um, city whenever Jeff is the main character. It's going to be more small town stories, but also Jeff's stories always empathy is the answer. That's how yes. they solve the conflict. And mm-hmm. um, and then Connor, I can do more noir stuff. So he's a dick because um, noir stuff is more morally mm-hmm. gray and 
Um, so it's kind of um, also they're sort of those three are the spectrum of how much they care about respectability politics of werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Connor, whose husband is a politician and he's a cop. Um, I jokingly said on a different podcast uh, that um, if, if this were the real world and they were all um, talking about gay rights, Connor would be the one saying there shouldn't be kink at Pride yeah. um, because yeah. he's mm-hmm. a cop. Um, and whereas um, Jeff would be like, well, maybe some like obviously don't break the law, whereas Rebecca's full be gay do crimes. Mm-hmm. like doesn't care about what the normies think that's so cool i love it how you describe the that these characters are spectrums that, yeah. that is great um kill i'm gonna start I, I i'm gonna start moving up because i know I, we could talk yeah. about the city between series a little bit more but i want to start talking about your kickstarter um Yes, I want to start talking about your Kickstarter, Murky Water. So for the listeners, what is the story about? So Murky Water is the second case that Connor um, Burke and Maria Pimenta are working together on. And it the first, uh, the second quote unquote snowy case, which stands for Supernatural Otherworldly Investigations. Um, They are asked to look into a guy who drowned in his apartment. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in like the middle of the living room and they do very quickly find out who the killer is, Mm -hmm. but the real conflict is how do they prove who's the kill, like that the killer killed someone because the murder weapon was magic water. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of more about, well, what what can we present to a jury what can or a judge or um to make an arrest because mm-hmm. um, connor's connor he very flippantly is like we can't so just don't worry about it yeah um yeah it's yes mm-hmm. and um i like this story because the complexity the dialogue you you know it's it's not a simple, clear-cut um, story because there's a lot of gray areas. There's a lot of issues that are brought up, and like mm-hmm. you said, Connor keeps going. There's nothing here. We can't prove anything. Let's let's just hey, let's just go. You know, I want to go grab. You know, uh, yeah, I need to go grab more donuts, or I need to go. You know, buy. You know, a steak hamburger. Come on. You know. Um, yeah. The other thing I also want to point out too was because. In your email, when you're talking about, you know, that um, that this is an urban fantasy set into a futuristic city, the other thing you also mentioned, too, that um, you also mentioned about was the, um, was how in this world that there's always cameras everywhere. So it's hard for supernatural beings. Um, I'm going to ask you, maybe if you can talk about a little bit more about that. So the deal is that... Um... Um, the world knows werewolves are real Uh and basically, um, as cameras became more common, um, and technology became more advanced, 
um, supernatural creatures, some of them realized that they weren't going to be able to hide for much longer. Um, And Connor intentionally revealed to the world that he was a werewolf and they're using werewolves as sort of the testing ground to see how humans will react to supernatural in general. So the world knows about werewolves, but they don't know about people that can magically can control water and they don't know mm-hmm. about vampires yet. Um, so Connor uh, is the first and only openly open werewolf on the police force, mm-hmm. which is why he gets all the supernatural cases. Mm-hmm. Um and he does usually figure out the answer, but if it's something the world doesn't already know about, he then's like, it's unsolved, and like yes. <laughs> goes to do something else. Um, so he's not wasting his time. Um and um Maria, as newly assigned, is more into law and order and yes. was like, No, we should like follow through. Mm-hmm. Um but she's in for a frustrating path um and so part of it is connor's Mm -hmm. got more experience with the cases but also he's being lazy um so (laughs) he's yeah so it's uh, a little bit of both um the other thing i want because i just want to point out because um because fame and misfortune subtly starts using you know like the video camera because there is that the like a like a paparazzi person, you know, with their like one yeah. camera lens on their glass eyeglass. Um but also too, but I love it in murky water, it's expanded a little bit more. Because I remember there's one scene where correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's a crime scene or or um for Connor and Maria, they have to have their camera on at all times. It's on their it's on their um uniform. And I think Connor would like signal her something. He'll point to the camera piece on his chest and he goes, yeah. okay, you know, Hey, let's go for lunch. And Maria would be like, I'm not hungry. No, I, I well, I'm hungry. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. He, he ha- doesn't talk about the supernatural when they're on camera. Yes. Um, so um, yeah, he does signal to her that he's not gonna talk about it until they're, uh, they got their cameras off. Um, the thing I love about it too, it's a little bit, it's um, but I love, but it seems to be more um, part of the story in murky water. And I love it. It's great. Um, it's mentioned lost... in Dead Deception that yes. the Connor keeps getting in trouble because he's turning his camera off. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Or interfering with it in some way. Um, so, um, and it's that was one of the things where, like, um, cops having cameras and their badges um, yes. mm-hmm. is to prevent abuse, but also some people might object to it being an invasion of privacy, which yes. is why there's the scene in Murky Water where um, the where a character asks the cops to turn their badges off and Maria has to recite a thing that's like very clearly yes something she's memorized and had to say multiple times. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's the interesting about the camera too. Like you said, not only to prevent abuse, but then also to other people 
like either they're talking to witnesses or suspects, they're kind of going, oh, wait, I don't want to be filmed. You know, you can't, you know, can't, you know. And But that was a very good point I liked in the story, too. Um, I'm going to continue on because I want to slowly start wrapping things up. Um, I love your art style. It has a nice anime vibe to it. Not manga, but anime and it's I love it. It's great. Where, you, where you, you know? Did you grow up, you know, watching anime cartoons growing up or reading a lot? Oh, of I watched too much TV in general, anime and otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, I I did watch a lot of anime, but I actually got more influence from um Glenn Keane, uh, the Disney animator. Oh, okay. Um, who he um did a lot of the character designs for like the little mermaid and oh, yes. Beauty and the beast and um and um but since that's animated too um i really like thicker heavier inking um mm -hmm. so i also uh really like um nick dragata's artwork and um for old school artists like alex toff Oh yes. Um so uh it's a little bit of everything kind of a hodgepodge but yeah I definitely watched a lot of anime as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um and watch a lot of anime now. I'm enjoying Delicious in Dungeon on Netflix mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. But I love it how you said Alex Toth the heavy inking influenced you too. That's great. Oh yes. Um Murky Water. I love this title because Everything is not clear in real life. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to ask the dumb question. How did you come up with this title? Oh, for Murky Water, it was like, well, it's morally gray and water's the murder weapon. So Murky Water works. Um, <laughs> and um, I had harder time with like the dead deception. I feel like you either get a title really quickly, uh -huh. like with Murky Water or Fame and Misfortune, or uh -huh. I have to like agonize it over it for a little bit um and uh it so like the better to find you with took me a lot longer um mm -hmm. it took me a while to come up with the city between uh for the whole series mm -hmm. um, and um like several months of going back and forth trying to think of well what what's the series going to be called mm -hmm. okay. um do you want to give any shout outs to the rest of your creative team? Because I know you had um, a proofreader. I I'm sorry, I forgot to write the name. So, uh, I did not tell you the proofreader's name. Every book that I put out, like it comes out and has a million spelling mistakes as I make it online. Um, but before the print version comes out, I usually have two people proofread it. Um, so the... Uh, one proofreader's already read it, Don Davis, um, and then the um, other proofreader, uh, I need to look up her last name, it's Leah um, DeRugan. Um, mm -hmm. And so right now Leah is um, reading through Murky Water. So like I sent it to Don, got her notes, made corrections, and now Leah has it. So um that's the what I'm waiting on there. Um, oh. mm -hmm. But yeah, I always send it to at least two people to look over. Okay, oh, that's nice. 
right. Um, before I continue, I'm going to just ask, did you want to give out any more shout-outs to anyone else? Um, I really um, am enjoying um, stuff that Meredith McLaren is making. Mm -hmm. um, right now, we're working on a different book together. Mm -hmm. um, but she's always knocking it out of the park art-wise. Um, mm -hmm. She did a little backup bonus story for the Sorcery 101 omnibus. Ah, um, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to just go through this. You can add, you know, tell me, like, because I'm going to go through, like, um, because now for the Kickstarter, I love the price points on these. These are great. You know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like, you know, the you know, like, for a digital copy of Murky Water, it's five dollars. Um, for the um, hard copy, it's ten dollars uh, for the hard copy um and listeners again you know please go to the uh kickstarter page site you know just check you know just look through all these um there's also a 20 dollar for the digital copy of all four titles of the city between um you're going also you're also offering um werewolf um expert pins did, did you want to talk about anything else about anything else um any other tier rewards or anything? I really like uh, the tote bag that's for sale on there. Um, mm -hmm. It's a tote bag that I sell at conventions. Um, I sell them, but they're also at conventions free if you spend over $100 because that's going to be a lot of heavy books to lug around. Yes. <laughs> um, and so um, uh, I basically, um, the design on the tote bags is by the folks at Unicorn Empire who do a bunch of like, cool typography shirts and I um basically sent them a design and said can you do this but better and mm -hmm. then they uh obliged and it looks great um it's a little like cityscape on one end and then like a forest silhouette on the other um mm -hmm. really nice. um how many more stories do you have planned for this series Oh, I, um, this series is going to go on until I run out of ideas. Um, mm -hmm. and right now I think I have five other stories. Um, so the one that's going on now is called mm -hmm. Shards of Reflection. Um, I know the one after that is going to be about Rebecca pr protecting a, um, pop star that has robot legs. Um, and then, um, after that, I have one that's like 75% the way complete. Like there's some stuff in the middle. Um, mm -hmm. that's going to be about Jeff and Cinna from mm -hmm. Better yes. to Find You With Again. Um, and then I have um, a few ideas for cases for Maria and Connor to look into. Um, so I, I got a bunch, and it's but they're going to come out as they coalesce and reach completion. Mm -hmm. Um, it, oh, I'm sorry. No, but thank you very much. Oh, it it sounds great. Oh, one other thing I want to mention, Kel, too, is that you know, listeners, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, murky water. The page count is is it 112 pages? Is that correct? Yeah, it's 112. Because listeners, I mean, like I said, this is you know for this Kickstarter campaign, this is these are hefty books and and. Tell us complete stories. So if you guys get a chance, 
check out this Kickstarter. Sorry, I just wanted to put that in. I wanted to mention that in. Um, now, I'm slowly wrapping things up. Running. Um, what was the most fun or exciting thing that you love working on this series? Well, I did say I have particular fun writing Connor because he's an yes. asshole. Mm -hmm. um, I, um, but I, I just also really like world building or pulling on like narrative threads and figuring out the like, if this, then that, like, then that. Mm -hmm. and, like I gave the example of because I decided um, ingredients were free yes um thing like so it's kind of a chain of like well if this is happening how does that work and mm -hmm. uh, going through like pulling out those threads now i'm going to ask uh thank you very much um next convention or store appearance signings uh i'm going to emerald city comic con in a couple of weeks um okay. i have a big table for cautionary fables and fairy tales. Um, that's an anthology that I ran for several years. We did a book for each continent. Um, and I have uh, different artists that were um, in various volumes, sublet space from me. We have a big end cap that we share. Oh, okay. Um, well, thank you. Um, two more questions. Have you and your family been to Hawaii? I have not been to Hawaii. Um, most of what I know about Hawaii um, is stuff I learned while doing the Oceana volume of Cautionary Fables and Fairy Tales. Because um, uh, we had um, Sloan Long as a co-editor on that. Mm -hmm. um, and she is a uh, part Native Hawaiian and um, reached out to several uh, Hawaiian artists that are in the Oceana volume. So... Uh, I got to learn a little bit about uh, Hawaiian folklore while doing that. Um, so it's a fun time. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, any closing words to our listeners? Um, I really all hope that you like the series and uh, please back my Kickstarter. <laughs> Hell, mahalo. Thank you in Hawaiian for your time. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to interview. I wish you all the success with your with your Kickstarter campaign, Murky Water. Listeners, this campaign is live and will end on Thursday, March 28. If you are a new comic book reader or a lifelong comic book reader, please check out Murky Water. It is part of the City Between series. I love this series. And I'm going to quote Hell's um, quote of it, um, it's an urban fantasy series set in a futuristic city with supernatural elements to it. I love this series because there are there are wonderful, complex characters. Um, and as we talked about Connor and Maria, even though they are partners, the thing I love about it is that their relationship is is um, very complex um it's and it's great i love it and you know and even though each story is self-contained you know these stories interconnect so it's again it's like if you pick up murky water and if you want to go pick up the um let's say um let's say um fame and misfortune go right ahead 
you know, again, I love these stories. It's again, it's like it's they're interconnected and it's so cool. It really is. Now, Kel, I am being serious. I will back this campaign and I'm getting a hard copy of Murky Water. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it to a friend as a gift to, to check it out. Listeners, you know, if you know someone who loves independent comics, you know, please consider checking out this Kickstarter and think about giving, giving, you know, murky waters to them as a gift. It's like to share the love of comics. I want to thank Drew, the co-host of Comics for Fun and Profit, for putting this um, episode together. Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And I want to thank you, the listener. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha. Our LCS is Cowabunga Comics. Lake Country, Wisconsin's best pop culture destination for new comics, back issues, gaming, retro video games, vinyl, and figures. Give them a call, 262-569-9999. Check them out online at cowabungacomics.com or follow them on Twitter at Incredical. They are our LCS, and we utilize their deep discount mail order service to bring Oconomowoc, Wisconsin closer to us. They'll take care of you. Tell them Drew and Kyle sent you. Say hi to Eric and James from us. If you need an LCS, you can't go wrong with Cowabunga Comics.